Well, today, it's already been stated, we're going to begin our Global Impact Month. And during this month, I'm going to be preaching a series called Love Your Neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're hard to love. No, don't, don't. Probably not a good idea. The foundation for our series will be built upon what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. Let's read it to get us started this morning. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. It says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus said that the two most important things in all of the world, the two most important things that you and I should always remember and be a part of, and number one is to love God absolutely with every fiber of our being. I see too many lukewarm Christians today. We're to love the Lord with every fiber that is within us. We need to be passionate about Jesus. We need to be dedicated to him. We need to be 100% committed to Jesus. Second thing that we ought to be doing, and that is we need to be loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Wow, that's a big ask to love my neighbor as I love myself? Really? Really? That's a big ask. See, you can't set the bar any higher than this. Because there's one thing that I know, and that is we're all pretty fond of ourselves. (laughs) Yes, you are. Yes, I am. We're all pretty fond of ourselves. We, we, We watch out for our best interest. Even the most unselfish among us treats themselves as well as possible. Hey, even the airline companies realize this. Yeah, oh, that's why they say that when the oxygen mask falls from the roof of the plane, put your own mask on first. Like, yeah. Like, of course, no problem. Hello? Our series is called Love Your Neighbor. Jesus said, love them like you love yourself. Take care of of your neighbor in the very same way that you take care of yourself. You might say, well, pastor, who is my neighbor? Well, according to Jesus, anyone and everyone. At the Grace Place, we aspire to be outward focused Outward focus. You, you, you've heard me say many, many times that, that, that to be inward focused is to be out of focus. Right. See, see, you can't love your neighbor as yourself and be inward focused. 
with all of the issues that accompany the pandemic that we're in, with all the questions, with all of the uncertainties that we are faced with today, with all of the information and misinformation, it would be very, very easy for us to allow ourselves to become inward focused. It would be easy for us to allow our focus to become blurred. That is why that I have chosen to take an entire month to refocus and remind us of who we are and what our mission is. We are caring people, caring for people. And we fulfill our mission by providing care for our own people and by partnering with caring ministries around the world. Most of our missions efforts could fit into four categories. These are not all of the categories, but most of our missions efforts could fit within four categories. We have four specific missions targets. That's not all of our targets, but four specific missions targets. I want to remind you what they are. You see them every Sunday displayed on the front walls of this auditorium, and they are in no particular order. Care for Needs. Plant churches, defend the orphan, share God's word. Well, the target that we're going to be addressing today is care for needs, care for needs. At the Grace Place, our heart is open to the many plethora of needs that are in our world today, both locally and globally. Because our heart hurts for the many, many, many needs in our world, we partner with various missionaries and ministries that help meet the humanitarian needs of man. We partner with ministries who feed hungry children on a daily basis. Uh, Children that if not for the help of an organization and our help in that organization, they would have absolutely nothing to eat. We partner with ministries who provide shelter for the homeless. Disaster relief, you saw it in the video, disaster relief organizations, Convoy of Hope, what an incredible, incredible ministry organization. We partner with others that drill water wells, which supplies clean, fresh, pure water for people that have never had good water, and they get sick and they die, and it's rampant and it's horrible. Oh, but we come along and we drill a water well, and we give them clean, fresh water, and then we tell them about the water of life, Jesus. We provide free school supplies to those who cannot afford them. Oh, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Our heart is to help care for needs. If we're genuinely going to love our neighbor, caring for needs will be a big part of accomplishing this. Well, I've made an acrostic out of the word care, C-A-R-E, and with each letter of this word, I have come up with four requirements. It's not all of the requirements, but there's only four letters in the word care. So I've, I've come up with four requirements that we will have to meet in order to actually care for needs. For the letter C and the first requirement, I've chosen the word compassion. I mean, no, we're not going to meet needs without Compassion. 
Compassion is absolutely essential. It is a deal breaker. We will not care for needs without compassion. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42 is one of my very favorite accounts of Jesus and his ministry. You'll read the story, you'll find that a leper approaches Jesus, comes to Jesus, falls at the knees of Jesus, and begs Jesus to heal him. Verse number 41 says, and Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, be clean. Wait, what? What? The man was a leper. He was, he was a leper. He was highly contagious. Oh, oh, by law, he wasn't supposed to approach anyone. Oh, he should be quarantined. He should be sheltering in place. If he by chance did see anyone or hear anyone even remotely close in proximity to him, he was by law, by law, he was to cry out, unclean, 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 stay clear, stay clear, I'm unclean. But no, he seeks Jesus out He comes close to Jesus. Oh, and Jesus reaches out and touches him. Touches him. Why? Why? He was moved with compassion. Here's my question this morning. Do we have any compassion? Do we have any compassion? Oh, most people have a little bit of sympathy. But do we have any compassion? Here's what I believe. Sympathy sheds a tear, but compassion reaches out with a touch. Sympathy says, I'm sorry for your situation. Sympathy says, oh, oh, be warmed and filled. Compassion stretches out a hand. Compassion offers some help. What will be required of us if we genuinely care for needs? All for the letter C, it will require compassion. Compassion without compassion. We will not meet the needs that are before us. For the letter A in the word care, I'm using the word awareness. If we're going to meet the needs of hurting people, it's going to require awareness. And sad to say, most Americans are unaware of the needs. Most Americans are unaware of the needs. Here's the problem. We have an American view, not a world view. Man, oh man, are we centered on America today? I said, the problem is we have an American view, not a world view. And I'm afraid that's even true in the church. In America, our, our struggle is in trying to buy tires for our second car. In America, our, our struggle is in paying the electric bill as we enjoy central heat and air. In America, our struggle is in paying for our fast food to feed our children. Do you still love me? Twelve of you do, amen. 
that's the American struggle. That's our struggle. But let me tell you, and I'm not just saying something I've seen or read in the book. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. And I want to tell you that in third world countries, their struggle, say their struggle. In third world countries, their struggle is in finding some cardboard or some hog tin in order to build some type of shelter to get out of the rain. I've been there. I've been in several third world countries, and they all look alike. They all look alike. And here's, oh, man, a shack would be like a palace to them. It's, I'm talking about just a few boards stuck together and some cardboard around it and maybe some hog tin on the top of it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, their struggle, their struggle is to find a piece of bread in order to divide between their family. Our over, our, even our own very own missionary that he is just ours and nobody else's in Honduras grew up, grew up remembering, remembering when he would take one piece of bread and the whole family would eat from that one piece, not loaf, piece of bread. Even in America, most of us live in our own little world. And, and we think that everybody here is living the American dream like we are. I want to challenge you. And I don't want this just to be one of those challenges that just, ah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that's good. No, I want to challenge you. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. I want to challenge you today. Take a drive. Maybe on your way home from church today, take a drive. Get out of your nice neighborhood. Get out of your nice neighborhood. And drive through some neighborhoods you have not driven in for years. I'm talking about in Arlington. Get a different perspective. See how others are living. Look with fresh eyes. Get a new awareness of what is really going on around you. You're frustrated because, because your wonderful lifestyle has been interrupted by a pandemic and you're so frustrated. We're two-thirds of the world are frustrated every single morning when they wake up just trying to survive. Here's what I know, and that is tunnel vision is distorted vision. Jesus said in John 4, 35, Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look. Stop focusing upon yourself and your needs and your desires and your dreams. Lift up your eyes and look. Look around you. Look at the fields. Jesus said they are, they are ripe already, already for harvest. Let me tell you, you don't have to look very far to see a multitude of needs. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are about to go into the temple to pray. And the Bible says that a paralyzed man stops them and asks them for some money. He's a beggar, professional beggar. That's what he did every single day of his life. Only way he could sustain his life. The interesting thing is this man was there every day. Say every day. He was there every day. It says so right there in the text. I wonder how many times that Peter and John had walked right by him in the past without helping him. Perhaps they haven't even noticed him before. Perhaps they were not even aware. But he's there. 
He was there yesterday. He was there the day before. He was there last week. He was there last year. He's there every single day. And Peter and John go to the temple every single day to pray. But they're unaware of the need that they're walking right by every single day. The man lay there on his mat daily. I don't know what Peter and John have on their mind that day. Perhaps perhaps they're on their way to the temple to pray for direction for their ministry. Where could they go and do ministry? I mean, no, it's always more glamorous to go. It's amazing to me how many people go on mission trips that never do ministry before or after in the local church. Hello? Testing, one, two, one, two. It's always more glamorous to go. And maybe Peter and John were on their way to the temple. They're going to ask for direction. Lord, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? Who do you want us to minister today? But while they're on their way with tunnel vision, on their way to find out where they're supposed to go, there's somebody that's right there that they're unaware of. There's somebody that they've tripped over day after day after day after day after day. And today, it's a different day. I promise you, you're tripping over people every single day that you could minister to every single day. I I should have warned you before I start. When it comes to missions, I get over the top. I even had a self-talk to myself. I told myself, Vincent, this is the pandemic, you know. This is not normal days. He's blah, 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 blah. You might need to be a little more laid back. Maybe you ought to be a little bit more easy. Listen, listen, throw that out the window. As long as there's needs to be met, as long as there's souls to be saved. Hello? How about us? Do we have tunnel vision? Are we so focused on our world that we are not aware of the many, many needs that are all around us? Not to mention the needs in other parts of the world. And I can't tell you how many times people have chastised me and criticized me and said, you know, you raise all this money for people around the world. We have needs right here. And I just said that and I believe that. But I want to tell you that America, the poorest of Americans are the rich in third world countries. And you may not have, but you have opportunity And I have opportunity in America that most of the world does not have. So yes, I agree with you that there's many needs in this in in the United States of America. But I'm telling you that there's a whole other world out there that doesn't have the opportunities that we have. Am I doing okay, baby? Am I in trouble? Hey, people who literally have to dig out of the dump for some thrown out food to eat. Dig out of the, I was there, I saw it with my own eyes, digging out of the dump for plywood, somebody discarded, or some tin, or even some cardboard, in order to just build some kind of a shelter to get their family out of the rain. We're talking about caring for needs right now, it will require compassion, it will require awareness, and for the R in our acrostic of the word care, it will require resources. You knew I was going to get there, didn't you? See, it's one thing to become aware of the needs around us. It's another thing to offer assistance. 
See, it takes money to offer assistance. It takes resources to meet needs. At the Grace Place, we partner with over 140 missionaries and ministries that care for needs both locally and globally. Say 140. Every single month, these people get a check from the Grace Place. Even in this pandemic, we have been able to pay every single commitment we have made. I will tell you, there was a few months there that we have, it was really, really tight. It was touch and go, and we were even in the red a time or two. But I want to tell you that every single commitment that we have made, we have paid. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness in giving to missions. I'm telling you that there's a host of churches that cannot say this today. And I'm not throwing a bad light at other churches. It, it breaks their heart. I know it does where they're not able to do what they have committed to do. Missionaries and missions organizations are hurting right now. Hear me, I don't want to cut even one missionary. I don't want to cut even, I don't want to cut even one missions organization that we support. Listen, it's not a day to ease up on our missions giving. The needs are even greater today because of the pandemic and the residual effect of it. And because there are so many, listen, churches are literally closing their doors today. And listen, 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 those of us that are still, God is still blessing and helping. Listen, we've got to do even more, amen, so we can take up the slack for those that cannot do what they've done in the past. You've heard me say it many times. I'll say it again. Missions is the greatest insurance policy the church can have. What's this church going to look like? What's the church going to look like after the pandemic? Listen, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I'm going to tell you, listen, I'm just going to be vulnerable. I haven't met a pastor yet. I haven't met a pastor yet that wasn't hurting. I haven't met a pastor yet that wasn't getting shot at by both sides. I haven't, haven't met a pastor yet that hasn't been wounded. I haven't met a pastor yet that was struggling and wondering what in the world is all this going to happen? What is it going to be like when it all shakes out? Is there going to be anything left? I want to tell you if there's anything left, I will tell you who God will save. He's going to save the churches that have his heart. And his heart, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. God's heart is for a people. Amen. That are not inward focused but outward focused. God. Listen, if we, if we do what God wants us to do. Listen, I believe with all my heart I'll go to the grave preaching this. If we'll take care of God's business, God will take care of our business. Do you believe that this morning? First John 3, 17 through 19, if somebody has enough money to live well and sees someone in need and shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Goes on to say, don't just claim to love, but prove it through your actions. And then it says, I'm reading from the word, it says our actions reveal whether we belong to the truth or not. James said it. I love James. He's a bulldog. <laughs> That's why I like him. Amen. James said in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, he said, our faith is proven through our works. He said, you want to brag about your faith? He said, don't brag about your faith. He said, listen, if you've got faith, it's going to be, it's going to be proven by your works. Here's what the Bible teaches. That is how we direct what's in our hands will reveal what's in our heart. How we direct what's in our hands will reveal what's in our heart. The simple fact is we cannot care for needs without resources. Let's look at the final letter in our acrostic of the word care for the letter E. Caring for needs will require effort. It will take effort. 
In Mark chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 12, the story is recorded about the four men that loaded up their paralyzed friend on a stretcher and carried him to a house where Jesus was ministering. See, they believed that if they could just get their friend into the presence of Jesus, that Jesus could heal him. You know the story when they get to where Jesus is, man. I mean, word had been out. Jesus is is going to be in his house, and everybody knows where Jesus is ministering. There's always dinner on the ground. He's the loaves and fish multiplier. And so the house was filled with people, and they couldn't get their friend into where Jesus was, but they didn't didn't give up. They carried their friend up onto the top of the house. They, you know the story, they cut a hole in the in in, in the roof of the house. And you know, we like to say, woohoo! but I'm a pastor and I know somebody, I know somebody in that church or somebody in that house, who's going to pay for that? (laughs) Somebody in that that house said, yeah, I believe in the ministry, but I don't believe in that method. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm really getting, I just might as well just get thrown out today, amen. I just, (laughs) passed the point of no return, so. But they lowered their friend on a cot by rope into where, the, where Jesus was. And Jesus was so amazed. He was so amazed at their faith and the effort of these four men. And Jesus healed him. Listen, it takes effort. It takes effort to care for needs. Here's what I know. That is, there are many pieces to a puzzle. There are many pieces to a puzzle. Each piece is important. Each piece is important. If, you even, if even one single piece is missing, the puzzle is incomplete. Let me just tell you, you, you are a piece of the puzzle. Your part in ministry is vitally, vitally important. In missions, in missions, everyone has a part to play. Either you are a goer or you're a sender. I've gone enough to know I'd rather be a sender. Thank you, Lord. You called me to be a sender. Amen. But in missions, everyone is either a goer or a sender. We either go ourselves or we help someone else go. It takes the effort of both the goer and the sender to get the job done. My question to you today is, will you help me? Will you help me? Will you do your part? I'll do my part. I'll preach it. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the arrows that come flying at me because I shouldn't have been so, you know, in this pandemic, I should have been a little easier. I'll take the arrow. I'll do my part. I'll challenge. I'll preach. I'll share my heart. I'll do what the Lord tells me to do. Not only will I do that, but I'll do my part. Me and my wife, we'll always do our part more than our part financially. We'll do it. We'll do it. We're a piece of the puzzle, but so are you. You're a piece of the puzzle. Will you help me? Will you do your part? Because the puzzle will be incomplete without your peace. The takeaway for the message today is this, and this is we can't help everyone, but we can help someone. See, too often we say, man, you know, since we can't help everybody, we won't help anyone. That's the wrong mentality. That's a, listen, we can't help everyone, but we can help someone. We can't do everything, but we can do something. I love the story. I've told it many times, heard it told many times, but it's one of my favorite stories of all about the little boy. The little boy on the beach as he was picking up starfish and throwing them back into the ocean. An older gentleman came by and said, little boy, what are you doing? He said, I'm picking up these starfish and I'm throwing them back in the water. If I don't throw them back in the water, they're going to die out here on the shore. 
And the old gentleman said to the little boy, but look, son, look. Man, that beach goes on for miles and miles. And surely there are millions of starfish along this shore. Son, you can't save all these starfish. And the little boy reached down and he picked up another one. And he said, no, but I can help this one. Listen, we can't do it all. We can't do it all. We can't do everything, but we can do something. We can't help everybody, but we can help somebody. Amen? I can't do it all, but I can do my part. I don't have to do it all. There's a lot of pieces in the puzzle. I just have one piece. But I have to make sure that I have my piece in place so the puzzle can be complete. Well, this month, Global Impact Month, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor.